MSW Media. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, August 24th, 2021. Today, I am giddy because Igor Fruman is set to change his plea this Wednesday. The FDA has given full approval to the Pfizer vaccine. The Biden administration has asked the Supreme Court to extend the eviction moratorium. The Pentagon gives an update on Afghanistan evacuations. And the Minnesota GOP is in ruins. It's a great news day. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Wow. I There's not a bad headline in the bunch today. I like when you're giddy. Hee <laughs> 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 All right. So first of all, Our patron brunch in D.C. is Sunday at noon and the location details are being sent to the people who RSVP'd. It is now full, but we have an additional now meetup on Friday night at 8.30 p.m. after I arrive and details will be sent to patrons for the beans. Of course, we will be recording for patrons of Clean Up on L45, a live show with Andrew Torres, Monday at 5 p.m. and the details will be sent to the patrons of that show, Clean Up on L45. Later in this show, I'm going to be joined by Glenn Kirshner about the Reuters article. Remember the scant FBI evidence that the insurrection was planned? Mm-hmm. And why that's potentially bad news for Trump, even though it's not true. And it's also bad news for Junior, Rudy, and Mo Brooks. Rudy got a lot of bad news today. And Proud Boys leader Enrique Tarrio has been sentenced to oh, about five and a half months in federal prison for burning a Black Lives Matter flag and a weapons charge. Two systems of justice... There's a lot of Indeed. stories going around out there. I know one guy who, uh, a Ferguson protester who lit a fire in a trash can, is got eight years. So like, you know, five and a half months. But I guess that's per the sentencing guidelines. I think it should have been higher. We'll, we'll see if Judge Beryl Howe has anything to say about it. All right. We have a lot of news to get to. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, a little update on Afghanistan. The Pentagon said today in a press conference they'd be open to staying past the August 31st deadline, despite the Taliban's demand that they leave by August 31st. Since August 14th, the U.S. has evacuated and facilitated the evacuation of approximately 37,000 people. Since the end of July, we have relocated approximately 42,000 people. But is that what the media is focused on? No, they still want you to think this is Vietnam times 10. It isn't. And the evacuation is going very well. Yes, there are long waits. Yes, Stephen Miller and Trump sabotaged the SIV refugee visa program. But given what this administration had to work with, 42,000 people is a success so far, and they're continuing to keep their heads down and do the work. The only question now becomes, why did they decide to evacuate military personnel from Bagram before we evacuated American and Afghan civilians? Once we can lift our heads from the task at hand, I imagine we will get an answer on that. But the lead story today, I have breaking news. Igor Fruman of the Parnas and Fruman Show (laughs) is changing his plea from not guilty to guilty. Shoot it right into my veins. Yes, this is so good. A plea change hearing has been set for Wednesday. As we reported earlier this month from Marcy Wheeler, the government has been showing a bunch of evidence to Parnas and Fruman that the Fed said didn't have anything to do with the upcoming October campaign finance charge trial, which made it seem like they were really pushing to get Igor to flip, like, look what we've got on you, bro. Well, it appears to have worked, Uh, though I should say that a guilty plea does not guarantee he will be cooperating with feds. 
But come on. The Southern District of New York is currently investigating Rudy for his efforts to get Marie Ivanovich fired, and the Fruman cooperation would definitely help with that. And then there's this thing where Giuliani enlisted Fruman and Parnas to help dig up damaging information about then-presidential candidate Joe Biden and his son Hunter. Rudy is under investigation also for failing to register as a foreign agent. Prosecutors accused the Belarus-born Fruman and Ukraine-born businessman Lev Parnas of concealing an illegal $325,000 donation they made to Trump's 2020 re-election campaign and then lying to the FEC about it. That's what the October 4th trial was about. That's why prosecutors wanted to keep it on the calendar. And that's why they kept shoving a bunch of new evidence for crimes we don't even know about into Igor's face to get him to flip. And I think it's about to happen. So good news. I would love to see it. Thank you for kicking us off with those. Now, the Food and Drug Administration has formally approved Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine. The widely anticipated decision replaces the emergency use authorization (laughs) granted by the agency last December. The vaccine developed by Pfizer and its partner Biotech is the first COVID-19 vaccine to be subject to a full review by the U.S. regulator and to get approval that puts the vaccine on par with other marketed vaccines. So the full approval could make it easier for employers, let's say, and the military, as we know, and universities to mandate vaccination and may reassure some people who are hesitant about the vaccine. And AG, I don't think they're all on the right. I would bet there's some far left people that may hopefully decide now that they would trust it. Mm -hmm. Either way, a June poll from the Kaiser Family Foundation found that 31% of unvaccinated people said they would be more likely to get a COVID-19 vaccine once one receives full approval from the FDA. Now, of course, despite that, the anti-vaxxers, you said this yesterday, are already moving the goalposts, questioning both why it took so long and why it was rushed. (laughs) It took so long. It was so fast. Oh, my God. (laughs) I can't. So I do hope if there was anyone that was hesitant listening to this, that this will give you a little more uh, reassurance that we've known this is safe. Uh, So please, please go get vaccinated. If you were one of those people that were on the fence and were looking for it just to be fully fully approved. Yeah. And and also keep in mind, too, that we've got two or two and a half decades of, of evidence that mRNA vaccines are safe. We've been vac- vaccinating against SARS, which is a coronavirus for a very long time. So there, it's not just this particular vaccine. There's decades worth of, of good information. Also, the Biden administration today asked the Supreme Court to leave intact its eviction freeze put in place amid the increased spread of the highly contagious Delta variant of the coronavirus. In a court filing, lawyers for the government urged the court to let stand the CDC's eviction moratorium while the administration appeals a lower court ruling that found the measure unlawful. The CDC has, this is a quote from the filing, the CDC has the statutory authority to halt evictions to prevent the spread of communicable disease. That's their main argument, and it has been for a while. And before, it was the regular novel coronavirus, the first version. Now we have the Delta problem, right? So the Supreme Court addressed an earlier version of the moratorium in June, with the justices voting five to four to reject a bid by a group of landlords to end the policy. The minority vote comprised four of the court's more conservative justices, Clarence Thomas, Samuel Alito, Neil Gorsuch and Amy Coney Barrett, who indicated they would have blocked the policy at that time. Justice Brett Kavanaugh surprised some court watchers by joining the five justice majority to deny the landlord's request. However, Kavanaugh also said Congress would need to pass new legislation for the CDC to lawfully push the previous moratorium past its July 31st expiration date. But Congress did not renew the policy. Instead, the Biden administration in early August acted unilaterally to renew the lapsed eviction freeze, which is now slated to run into early October. And this is great. This is basically they're buying time 
in the courts, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is, and this is kind of the way that I wanted them to go. Like, come up with a new reason, file it with the courts, let it run its course in the courts. By then, 90 days will have elapsed and you will have effectively extended the eviction moratorium for as long as you possibly could since Congress is failing to act. Yeah, I'm glad they did it. This last story, it should bring you joy. It brings me joy. So less than a year ago, AG, Minnesota looked every bit a swing state. Uh, The former guy, twice impeached, whatever you want to call him, was pouring millions of dollars into his campaign there. After nearly flipping the state in 2016, Republicans were making inroads in the ancestrally Democratic Iron Range. Now, the Twin Cities suburbs, their nervous Democrats fear protests following the police murder of George Floyd could turn some voters to the GOP. So that all fell apart when Joe Biden won his victory in November. And nine months later, the resignation of the Minnesota Republican Party's embattled chair, Jennifer Carnahan, on Thursday night, marked a new low for a state party into some serious decline. Mm. So the proximate cause of Carnahan's departure was a firestorm that engulfed the party in recent days after a GOP donor she was close to, named Anton Tony Lazaro, was, hey, how you doing? was indicted on federal sex trafficking charges. Uh, A pylon ensued basically now with Carnahan, the wife of a Republican U.S. rep, Jim Hagedorn. Yeah, Hagedorn Spartacus, that's what I'm going to call him. I cannot wear shoes. I will fall down. I will fall down. (laughs) Birdcage, such a good movie. Anyway, the wife of Hagedorn, basically accused by party officials and former staffers of running a toxic, retaliatory workplace mismanaging party finances, and through the use of non-disclosure agreements, squashing transparency. So, quote, the party is in ruins. This is from Michael Broadcorb, a former deputy chair of the Minnesota GOP. He said that Friday. Broadcorb, Hagedorn, Carnahan. These are really... None of these names are real. (laughs) Uh, He also added, I don't know if the party has hit rock bottom yet. Nope. What's scary (laughs) is it probably has not. Nope. Yep. Now, there are reasons to think the party might not have, as AG is saying. Even with Carnahan gone, Republicans are confronting what will likely be a months-long slog of internal reviews, ongoing headlines about the saga, a drag on the party just over a year ahead of the midterm elections. Just over a year. Oh, my God. That makes me nervous. In addition to the charges against Lazaro, hey, I do it, Tony Bag of Donuts, the chairwoman of the University of the St. Thomas College Republicans was arrested on charges. She assisted him in trafficking minors for sex. This is from the Minneapolis Star Tribune. That's what they reported. Four former executive directors of the state party have called for an external financial audit. Mm. They are bum, falling bum. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the little Minnesota Ghislaine there was also arrested. Just disgusting. Um, and yeah, and Lazaro, interesting, there's ties to Florida here. There's always ties to Florida if there's yeah. sex trafficking going on with minors. Yeah. So, mm, and you know, Matt Gates just got married in a hurry. I wonder why. Maybe so your spouse can't yeah, spouse can't testify. Give testimony against you? I don't know. Maybe that's it. I think it's probably they want to fraudulently hide his assets from forfeiture. I think it might be both. Which is also a federal crime. Maddie, Maddie Meatstick, I don't know if you know that, but you should probably think about that before you try to transfer your assets. Yeah, and by Meatstick, I'm pretty sure it's a Slim Jim. Like, that's Over about to- it. <laughs> Slim Jim. <laughs> 
<laughs> For fuck's sake. What a fun day. I'm so, I'm just having such a good day. Uh, we'll be right back with the host of Justice Matters, part of our MSW Media group of awesome creator-owned podcasts. So check that out at mswmedia.com and stick around for Glenn right after this. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. It's Allison for The Daily Beans. And today's episode is brought to you by my favorite sheets ever, Bowl and Branch. Sometimes it's the little things that make the biggest difference, like remembering people's names, which I'm very bad at, but I try very hard. That level of considerate attentiveness can go a long way. The little things we do all add up to the legacy we leave behind, right? And Bowling Branch was started by a husband and wife team that wanted to create a textile company that cared about the details that would make their products last. You feel the difference in their best-selling, beautifully crafted signature sheets. I am crazy about my Bowling Branch sheets. I absolutely love them. They feel so buttery soft and they're very luxurious. The ultra-refined luxe fabric has the spectacular drape and silken sheen. I absolutely love the way it feels. The cloud weight, super soft sateen weave gets softer with every wash. They have the perfect balance of weight and breathability to pamper warm or cool sleepers through any season. There are no middlemen either between you and your bowl and branch sheets, so you get luxury quality for the fairest price. They stand behind their products and honor a 30-night worry-free guarantee if you're unsatisfied for any reason. So to experience an entirely new standard of comfort, visit bowlandbranch.com. You'll get 15% off your first set of sheets with promo code DAILYBEANS, all one word. That's Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D-B-R-A-N-C-H dot com and use promo code DAILYBEANS. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Honored to be joined today by the host of Justice Matters, which if you haven't watched, by the way, you need to look it up on YouTube and listen to the podcast. You can find it, get it wherever you find your podcast. Please welcome former federal prosecutor for 20, almost 30 years, Glenn Kirshner. Hey, Glenn, how's it going? Hey, G, how are you? I am good. I wanted to bring you on for a little victory lap here because although the headline from Reuters last week, last Friday, I believe, said that the FBI has found scant evidence of planning in the Capitol attack, a DHS memo came out later saying, no, there was a lot of planning. Despite that terrible, misleading headline that should have said evidence found (laughs) and buried way down in the bottom of the story that the Department of Justice has been investigating the coordinators of of this attack since the week after it happened. And you had previously been on our show saying, of course, they're investigating these things. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about your top line thoughts about that article when it came out and what you said it meant for Trump, which was bad news. Yeah. So the the headline, as you say, A.G., was misleading, and I think intentionally so. It was, what do we call it now? Clickbait. I still am not entirely comfortable using that term. But listen, Reuters was trying to, you know, get as much attention for the headline as it could. But it's impossible to investigate the insurrection the way the Department of Justice is specifically 60 prosecutors at the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office are dug in to the insurrection investigation. It's impossible to investigate it without investigating the funders, the organizers and the insiders. Prosecutors don't parse things out like that. We look at all criminal culpability for anybody involved in the crimes we're investigating. So, yes, things seem to be going maddeningly slowly, but they're doing what needs to be done. I still believe we're going to get there at the end of the day. But what really bothers me is the way Donald Trump continues to prance and preen around the country like a a deranged peacock, Mm -hmm. spouting out the big lie, 
and continuing to recruit foot soldiers for Insurrection 2.0. That makes him an imminent danger to public safety. And that's why I wish the Department of Justice would move out on some charges sooner rather than later. Yeah. And I, and I had made the point and I made this to you and I've made it on Twitter that, you know, even if you did, let's say, call her Trump on obstruction of justice, volume two, Mueller report, obstruction of justice, getting him off the street isn't going to stop his followers. I mean, we, we, we saw them booing him at his at his hate rally this weekend for suggesting that people should get the vaccine. He's, he's kind of lost control of this group. But that is a little bit short sighted on my part. Can you explain why? You know, it's really beside the point how his followers will react if he is arrested on any of the charges, right? The obstruction of justice meticulous, meticulously documented by Bob Mueller in volume two of the Trump Russia report, whether it's witness tampering of Ambassador Marie Yovanovitch, whether it's impeding congressional inquiries by telling all of his executive branch officials, do not comply with lawfully issued congressional subpoenas. That's a textbook uh, obstructing congressional inquiries, whether it's bribery and extortion of President Zelensky. I don't really care how his followers respond, because the last thing a prosecutor should ever do is make a prosecutorial decision based on how the defendant's criminal associates will react or might react. That is never sort of part of the prosecution calculus. And and here's the thing, and I I hate to use the term civil war. I really do, because I do not believe the country's going to get there, by and large, because I really don't think the Trump supporters are really strong men and women. I think they're largely scared. uh, And then that's why Trump's hate resonates with them so much. But, you know, civil wars are fought to protect democracy. And if if we're going to say, well, we're not going to charge Trump because it could move us incrementally toward a civil war. Well, that's not a good reason to decline to charge Trump Mm. because our country is actually worth fighting for. Our democracy, this American experiment is actually worth fighting for. I'll pick up a firearm and I'll stand a post and I'll do my part. I never want it to come to that. But you have to be willing to fight for your democracy. Yeah, I agree. And so I revise my former statements. But I wanted to ask you about something that came out in the article. And this is from, I guess, four sources, former and current officials who are familiar. I don't know how former officials could be familiar, but that's what the article says, that they're foregoing seditious conspiracy charges and racketeering charges, but they had thought about them. And I I was wondering what you first of all, what you thought about that particular leak. And second of all, it doesn't, I mean, they're still rounding up the conspiracy, not seditious conspiracy, but the conspirators, you know, of the Oath Keepers and the Three Percenters and the Proud Boys. They're still rounding them up and and questioning them. I fail to see how they've already eliminated those potential charges for the higher ups when they haven't even completed that part of the investigation. Yeah, I I would bet a buck. That's my betting limit that uh, the FBI and the Department of Justice, the prosecutors assigned to this case are investigating all of that. The possibility of inciting the insurrection, seditious conspiracy. Um, And and that's why I really didn't credit much of what was said in the Reuters article. First of all, 
I worked with a lot of FBI agents, AG, you know, in part when I was prosecuting the largest RICO case that was ever brought in the courts of Washington, D.C. And I rarely heard any of them say, well, we have scant evidence to support the following charges. You know, now I'm not saying there aren't some maybe former FBI folks who are talking to the media. That could could very well be. But I think even as you noted, well, former FBI agents are not privy to what's being learned every day by the many, many, many agents and federal prosecutors who are investigating all things insurrection. And then when, you know, you, you look at the whole scant evidence thing and there's not really enough to bring those charges and, um, I, you know, and, and I hate to, I really hate to go to the Jeffrey Tubin clickbait piece, mm. right? Where Tubin says, oh, there's really not even enough to investigate Donald Trump for crimes. You know, if you go to the FBI operating manual, do you know how low the standard is for the FBI to open a criminal investigation? I'm going to say this. It's almost criminally low. It's so <laughs> low. The language is if there's any allegation or information that conduct that may constitute a federal crime might have occurred, might be occurring, or might occur in the future. You remember uh, the, the precogs investigating future crime. It is almost an embarrassingly low standard to open a criminal investigation. So, hmm. yes, the investigations are open. They're up and running. And in my opinion, they're heading in the right direction, even if it is slower than we would like. Yeah. And, and I think that that's probably what the uh, grand jury is looking at in the Durham investigation into the oranges of of the FBI investigation into Trump Russia, because while, you know, I think there's some sort of a allegation that information that the FBI got was incorrect or had faulty sources, that still doesn't preclude them from opening the investigation, looking at the stuff and saying this isn't enough to bring a crime. They had every reason to do that you know, talking about that bar. And I will say, if I can, A.G., about the Durham investigation, I mean, as much as it felt like that was a political calculation, not a not a legitimate law enforcement calculation, um, some of what Durham uncovered was that an, an attorney with the FBI had doctored an email that was then put in the stream of evidence that ended up in a FISA application. Guess what? That person should be prosecuted. So some good came of that. Mm -hmm. And I am only hoping that that investigation remains legitimately focused on the facts, the evidence, the law. And it, it, you know, it reaches whatever supportable conclusions it reaches. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking it will be. Otherwise, we would have heard some sort of BS right before the election when we weren't supposed to hear it. But, you know, we'll see how that goes. And I wanted to ask you, because you had said and you put this out in, in one of your videos. That let's say the Reuters article was true. Let's say there is not enough evidence or no evidence or scant evidence to show that this was centrally planned. The insurrection was planned by the leaders of the insurrection at the time. You said that's actually bad news for Trump. Can you explain as a prosecutor, because you laid this out really well, how that's bad for Trump? Yeah, it seems counterintuitive. But here's the thing, even though I dismiss the, the Reuters uh, piece Let's assume for a minute there really are there's not enough evidence to bring a mega conspiracy charge against the Proud Boys and the three percenters and all the little boy bands. Um, What that would mean is that Donald Trump orchestrated a rally on January 6th. Come to D.C. It will be wild. 
And the people who attended had no intent to attack the Capitol. Okay, why did they attack the Capitol? Well, apparently exclusively because they were inspired by Donald Trump's words and Mo Brooks' words and Rudy Giuliani's words and Don Jr.'s words. So that, I contend, would even make a stronger case to a jury that Donald Trump incited the insurrection. We have a plenty strong case already, in my opinion. That would make it even stronger. I would love to put an FBI agent on the stand in front of a D.C. jury or any jury and say, you know, Special Agent Jones, are, are you telling me that there was no evidence that the attack on the Capitol was pre-planned by the thousands of people who attended the Trump rally? That's what I'm telling you. So then we can conclude, and yes, I'm taking liberties with the rules of evidence. So then we can conclude that that mob decided to do it based on what Donald Trump said to them in the pre-attack rally. I'll take that to a jury any day of the week. Now, on the contrary, if the DHS memo is correct, which I think we all think is the correct thing, that they, they did plan and 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 it was orchestrated, at least by the leaders of these groups, the boy bands, you say, does that let Trump off the hook for inciting the riot? No, absolutely not. I actually think so. That's why I argued that the Reuters piece took away a defense that Trump otherwise might have attempted to use. Mm. Wasn't my words that incited them. They had planned to do all of this before I told them when to do it. January 6th will be wild. Come on, come on, guys and gals. So, no, you can have both things. This is not an either or proposition. Mm. You can have Trump supporters who are were ready to take the fight to Congress, and then they were incited and inspired to do it. When Donald Trump gave them a command, and what was the command? Go to the Capitol and stop what's going on. There's no mistaking. There's only one way to stop what's going on. It is doing exactly what the mob did what Donald Trump did was incite imminent violence. Mm. And that's what the mob did. That's what they responded to. He also said, you have to fight like hell for the country. Or you're not going to have a country anymore. Rudy Giuliani said, let's go have trial by combat. Mo Brooks said, we're going to go down there, kick ass and take names over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is not a hard inciting an insurrection case to prove in court. And I think we're going to get there. Yeah, I hope we do. I have one more question about some breaking news, but I have to take a quick break. Will you stay with me? I will. Thanks, Glenn. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. It's Allison for The Beans. Adventure doesn't always have to mean a trip abroad or getting lost in the wilderness. Some of my favorite everyday adventures are getting lost in a new book or discovering a great new happy hour, right? Whether you're exploring a new world in the pages of a book or trying out a new patio brunch spot, Everlane has premium essentials to outfit you in comfort. I love the versatility of Everlane. I travel with their clothes. They're so packable. I love them. Their pieces can be used to dress up or down. You can wear them for anything. Like I have this really awesome like V-neck sort of wide strapped tank top that looks really great with some skinny jeans and heels, but also with my yoga pants for just hanging out and going to the store. I'm a big fan because they've been making quality clothing using sustainable materials and ethical factories since 2010. Plus they have transparent pricing. And they share exactly how much their products cost to produce at each stage. Everlane has everything you need to upgrade your summer wardrobe, whether you're going out in the town with friends or having movie night with the family. From workout to takeout, swimwear to trackwear, styles for lounging at home or hitting up your favorite late night spots. Their breathable organic cotton trackwear gives an elevated take on a tried and true basic. Everlane accepts returns within 30 days of the ship date, too. 
And all uniform clothing comes with a 365-day guarantee. So go to everlane.com slash dailybeans and sign up for 10% off your first order plus free shipping and always easy returns within 30 days of your ship date. That's 10% off your first order when you go to everlane, E-V-E-R-L-A-N-E dot com slash dailybeans and sign up. And today's show is also brought to you by my favorite new snacks, Toodaloo. Okay, it's trail mix. That's the step above the bland, boring and unhealthy normal trail mix that you see in the stores. They use ingredients grown with no chemicals that can harm you, no chemicals that can harm the planet. And most trail mix is filled with processed sugars and like dirty nuts that are dry roasted in toxic refined oils like canola oil, palm oil or soybean, but not Toodaloo. Toodaloo is the world's first all natural, totally delicious, climate friendly trail mix packed with plant protein, superfoods and adaptogenic herbs like lion's mane, ashwagandha and reishi to help balance and support your body and mind. Toodaloo comes in five unique flavors, which I love them all. I've tried them all now. Chocolate, maple brittle, coffee, barbecue, hot and spicy. The ancient herbs in each flavor promote a specific function of the body, like better skin or better gut health or a chill mood. I love barbecue right now. It's my favorite. It's called Smoke Show. It has 42 grams of plant protein in a bag. And also it's low in carbs and it supports energy flow to fuel your day. Toodaloo is grain-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, dairy-free, processed sugar-free, and their packaging is plastic neutral. And the most satisfying, best-tasting trail mix I've ever had in my life. So for for each order placed, Toodaloo also regenerates 100 square feet of polluted farmland back into a rich, fertile soil. Nutritious food for you and cleaner planet for the rest of us. And we've got a special offer for you. Get $5 off your first order of Toodaloo. Just visit toodaloo.com slash beans. That's Toodaloo, T-O-O-D-A-L-O-O dot com slash beans. And Toodaloo is so confident you'll love it. Each purchase is backed with a 100% best taste guarantee. They will definitely become your favorite go-to snack. Seriously, it tastes amazing. So visit toodaloo.com slash beans and try it today. Everybody, we're talking to former federal prosecutor Glenn Kirshner, host of Justice Matters. And uh, just before the break, I alluded to some breaking news. The breaking news is that Igor Fruman of the Partisan Fruman Show, as we lovingly call it here on the Daily Beans, has a change of plea hearing Wednesday, which leads us to believe he's changing his plea from not guilty to guilty, which then leads us to believe he might be cooperating. We know a month ago, the government prosecutors had been showing them a bunch of evidence that didn't have anything to do with the October trial. And uh, Marcy Wheeler was one person who said, this seems like they're trying to get Fruman to flip, at least on Rudy, at least about Masha Yovanovitch, probably about a lot more. And we know the Southern District is looking into this what are your top line thoughts on this breaking news today? Yeah, so you call it the um, the Fruman and Parnes show. I call it Levin Igor's Excellent Adventure. I think it would make a nice uh, a nice uh, sequel to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. So yeah, you can read this only one way, Ag. If you see that Fruman is changing his plea from guilty from not guilty to guilty, I again would bet a buck. It is a guilty plea with cooperation, because the last thing I would ever do as a prosecutor is let a guy plead guilty, a guy who is as important, right? A guy who is as chock full of criminal information about Rudy Giuliani and Donald Trump himself without cooperation. You're not going to do it. So I would bet he is pleading guilty with a cooperation agreement that let's draw a direct line. Fruman cooperates. That's the last nail in Rudy Giuliani's coffin, legally speaking. Rudy then has but one way to save himself, flip on Donald Trump and company. So this is a very good piece of news. It doesn't get us all the way to justice, but it's a big step in that direction. Yeah. And, and I also think that we should be keeping our eyes on Mr. Pecker, 
who is being looked into by the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. He's still got four months left on that grand jury there in New York. And it was uh, about a year ago after they realized that the Mazar's material was going to be handed over that Pecker resigned from AMI. Uh, Asha Rangappa would say, we call that a clue. Now, it's been a year. A lot of this stuff, it's been a year because it's either been sat on or suppressed. I know they're doing an investigation with the DOJ Inspector General, at least for the federal stuff, on why the Tom Barrick stuff languished and why the Rudy Giuliani stuff languished. I think we'll find out some interesting information on that. But you're right. It is taking a damn long time. And I know they want to get it right. And like you said, it's more important to get this right than it is to win it. Because if you lose, it's that's 10 times worse, you know, if you make a prosecutorial error. But he is, as you say, out there right now inciting violence and being he is a danger to the public, regardless of how the public reacts. If you put him in jail, he is a danger to the public out on the streets right now. Yeah, we, we do want to get it right. And complex conspiracy cases take a long time to build. I, I tried to do a video recently with a parallel um, of the insurrection investigation to the Watergate investigation. And if you just look at some of the time frames, we caught the burglars in the act breaking into the DNC, five of the seven, and it still took three months just to indict them. It then took something like 21 months to indict the next echelon, the, you know, Mitchells and Ehrlichmans and Haldemans and Colsons, et cetera. It took 21 months from the time of the break in. It took 26 months for Richard Nixon to finally resign. These things take time. We want to do it right. Yeah. And, and I've also compared it to the, the Fonnie Willis, Fulton County District Attorney now, her RICO case against the cheating teachers. You know, 2013 indictments, 2014 trial set in 2015, uh, you know, rest of the indictments in 2015. And then finally, the convictions a couple of years after that. And Rico especially takes takes a, a super long time. So, yeah, maybe there's scant evidence, but, you know, <laughs> hey, <laughs> that's because they still have about probably 30 to 40 people to to question and press to, to flip. And I, w- I would expect that the next indictment we see out of Cy Vance's shop, the Manhattan District Attorney, could very well be a RICO prosecution under New York's state RICO laws. Because when I saw the Weisselberg indictment, where little RICO, mini RICO, yeah. When I saw the Weisselberg indictment, they've got the organization dead to rights, keeping two separate sets of books one for public consumption that, you know, enabled them to steal the taxpayers blind federally, state and city. And then another set of books that really showed the compensation for all of the Trump employees. Boy, if that isn't a huge piece of evidence in a RICO prosecution to prove a corrupt enterprise, I don't know what is. Yeah, I'm either looking for a formal Calamari plea agreement or a formal Makani. I know he's been cooperating and they probably have a formal plea agreement that we haven't seen, but there's a lot we don't know. But yeah, I, I, I think that that's exactly where they're going unless they pick off some some other low hanging fruit between now and then. But Glenn, thanks as always for clarifying all this for us. I appreciate your time and I want to encourage everybody to Google Justice Matters and watch your YouTube videos and listen to your podcast. It's the the podcast is the audio version of your of your YouTube videos and you can get those wherever you get your podcasts. And I appreciate your time today. Thanks so much. Thanks, AG. All right, everybody, we'll be right back with the good news. Hey everybody, it's Allison from the Beans. You know I love sustainable products. Uh, but nowadays mass-produced products like clothes are geared toward being quick and cheap to produce. And they go they do they go for quantity and not quality. 
quality is not a priority anymore. And all these clothes, you just, they wear out fast, they end up in landfills. It's not sustainable, but our sponsor today, American Giant, has set out to bring the best craftsmanship and attention to detail back to the marketplace. Bayard Winthrop, founder and CEO of American Giant, was determined to make the best t-shirt possible because he wasn't satisfied with what was on the market. American Giant's best-selling premium slub tees iconic silhouette is made in the USA with quality care. Made with custom heavyweight slub fabric that's non-see-through and non-torquing, that's unlike other slub tees on the market. American Giant spent over a year obsessing over the fabric, and they tested several types until they found the perfect one for their shirt. It's made with 100% American-grown cotton with a rich and varied texture that gives it a unique look. It holds its shape after wash and wear, and it holds color incredibly well. With its custom fabric and tailored fit, American Giant's premium tee is incomparable to other tees. The first thing I noticed was the substantialness of it. It was the heft. It was just so good and how it fit and looked so good on me. The best quality clothes and look and feel are so great and you are going to love them. You get them at American Giant. Get your new favorite tees at American-Giant.com today. Use promo code DAILYBEANS, all one word, for 15% off your first order. That's 15% off when you use code DAILYBEANS at American-Giant.com. And today's show is also brought to you by Canva. We've had to create as a podcast a very wide range of content with videos and, and infographics and social media posts, web designs, logos, posters. But it hasn't always been seamless for me. It took a lot of time because I was limited by my design skill. <laughs> but ever since I started using Canva Pro, I can design anything like a pro on any device. Canva Pro is a design platform that empowers you to create and share stunning content in just a few clicks. Designing with Canva Pro is easy and fun no matter what your level of experience is. There are thousands of professionally designed templates you can customize with simple drag and drop tools or start from scratch. Adding personality and edge to your designs is an easy way to use Canva Pro's endless fonts, photos, and videos. And their extensive library of tools and features and imagery is all available for one subscription. Sharing, creating, and organizing designs as a group has never been easier either because Canva Pro helps you maintain team projects all in one place so there's no more lost files or chasing data. With Canva Pro's content planner, you save time planning, creating, and posting social media content. You can pause scheduled posts and edit them at any time. And my favorite Canva Pro feature is access to over 75 million photos and 400,000 free templates. I can easily design new social media posts and infographics like a pro. And so you can design like a pro with Canva Pro. And right now you can get a free 45-day extended trial when you use our promo code. Just go to canva.me slash beans to get your free 45-day extended trial. That's canva, C-A-N-V-A, dot me, M-E, slash beans. Canva.me slash beans. You'll be glad you did. All right, everybody, welcome back. And as if we didn't need it today, <laughs> we still have it. It's time for the good news. Well, we're blown on good news is on the way. All right. So if you have anything, anything, I'm not gonna list, you know all the things. Um, some of the some of the new games though, shit kids say, and uh mixing up your idioms. And of course, I still am. I know what the mud is old, but it's still one of my favorite games. And of course, Town Twisters. If you have anything or you have a new game you want to suggest or you have a dispute you want settled in Amy's court or confession or correction, I guess I did list them all. Look at me. <laughs> you can send those in at dailybeanspod.com. <laughs> I'm not going to list them. And then I do. Dailybeanspod.com. Click on contact. Uh, I'll stick. I'll kick us off with I'll stick us off. I'll stick us off. Dana. Stick us off, AJ. Here we go with uh, a submission from Pat pronouns. He and him. Confession. COVID has been hard on me. Most of my wife's family are Q-adjacent, anti-vaxxers, and most of the people in my life have started keeping me at an arm's length because I actually pay attention to COVID news and they don't want to. Oh, so they're like plausible deniability by not talking to you. 
I can't use Twitter to vent anymore because I found out my father-in-law sits at work with his Trump co-workers making fun of my posts. Oh. And I've got writer's block brought on by a fear of being sued for defamation again. MSW, TDB, that's, that's us, and all the podcasts in your network supports are bright spots in this otherwise fucking terrible world. I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you, Pat. I'm Pat, here for you. Pat, hang in there, please. And keep writing. Please don't let them silence you. Yep. Okay, this next one's from Holly, pronouns she and her. Great show Monday. I had to pause numerous times so I could follow accounts of people, organizations, and events you mentioned and also share them with my kids. We just dropped my freshman son off at Purdue University for engineering. Yes, congratulations. Fancy been (laughs) He's been talking about his interest in nuclear engineering, which has prompted a few conversations this summer about, quote, old-fashioned views of nuclear technology. When I heard your explanation, I sent him a link to your show as well as links to articles about the experiment. It was a fun bonding moment and maybe the beginning of a nuclear engineering career. From a pod pet tax, these are our current housemates, George, brothers Arthur and Rilo, and B, the chihuahua, humping her BFF blue monkey. All rescues, I'm assuming including the monkey. Thanks for everything you do. Love me some beans. Woof, that's a close-up kitty. Look at the second picture. Are those two cats or is that a mirror? Those are two cats. It is synchronized kitty sleeping. That is synchronized sleeping. I do have several photos of synchronized sleeping between my two. I love that B is like, just got caught too. Aw, shit. (laughs) Yeah, I'm humping this. What? That's right. You got a problem? It's my blue monkey. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cute. That I can't get over the synchronized kitties. That's amazing. Oh, my goodness. Thank you for that post. Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. Nuclear engineering. Get in it because fusion is coming in the next decade and that's going to be massive. It could seriously, I hope we're not too late to save the planet, but it really could help like a lot. All right. Next up, James pronouns he and him. One of the good news stories last week had a what the mutt that was part American Shepherd. And AG mentioned she didn't know that breed. In fact, the American Shepherd is actually just another name for the miniature Australian Shepherd. You motherfuckers. I said mini Aussie. All right. (laughs) The American Kennel Club didn't recognize the mini Aussie Shepherd as a distinct breed until 2015 when they accepted it under the name American Shepherd or miniature American Shepherd. Oh, so we had to Americanize the miniature Australian Shepherd. Fun fact, Australian Shepherds are not originally from Australia. They're from California. (laughs) They were bred there to herd sheep that were imported from Australia. It was the sheep. Oh. (laughs) Australian Shepherd cattle dog. Actually, Uh, cattle, you know what I mean. Australian sheep shepherd dog. That's going to be their official name. I'm sorry, I got hot on the mic just now. I tried to move back. (laughs) The ASSD, AST, is what we're going to call. Okay, as pod pet tax, here's Denim, the mini Aussie, or American Shepherd, Cobalt's sister, doing the things she loves, best at the beach, fetching sticks and biting waves. Dude, oh, my dog likes that to first picture. bite waves. They, I feel like they're biting the waves to keep them from attacking me. That's why they bite the waves. It's weird. Also included Denim, after doing the things she loves, best at the beach. That first picture, look at that jaw. Rawr. Oh, oh, sleeping. Oh, yeah. sleepy, sleepy pup. How do you get the sand out of that triple, quadruple, quintuple qu- coat? I'll, I'll never understand. God. So cute. Always love to see the family. This next one's from Jordan, pronounced she and her. Hello, queens of the beans. Some professional good news in the sense that I told my job to temporarily fuck off so I could rebuild my mental health. Good for Ooh. you, Jordan. In May, I was having a very rough time of it and realized that I wasn't just depressed and irritated all the time for no reason. 
I was having the worst burnout of my career. Literally days before we had two interns starting for the summer, who I had to be there to supervise for nine weeks. I had taken literally one of my 20 vacation days from January to July. So I told my boss that once the interns left, I was taking a non-negotiable week off. Well, we are smack dab in the middle of my week off and it's glorious. Yes. We went up to Michigan to a gorgeous lake house for a photo Mm. of the view included. And my out of office might as well have said, go to hell. I don't know any of you this week. (laughs) I also took off Monday and Tuesday after coming back because, as my niece would say from a previous share, I swear, why fucking not? (laughs) Pod Pet Tax is two of our kiddos. They're cat tree with Alvin looking like he's about to bother his unassuming big sister, Tinsley. That's a beautiful view. It really is. Oh, my God. Yep. Something's about to go down. Oh, shit. Get your towels ready. Okay. (laughs) That's so cute. Oh, that that beautiful color on the on the Tinsley kitty. I love tuxies. Oh, so great. Thank you for that. And congratulations. Standing up, taking your week off for your mental health. I love it. Next up from anonymous pronouns, he and him. Hello, AG and DG. I've been a daily listener since the week after the insurrection. I was desperately looking for an alternative news outlet that wasn't terrible and found this fantastic network of in-depth reporting. Well, thank you. My morning exercise routine has been easily motivated by needing to listen to the latest Daily Beans, clean up on aisle 45 and everything else. Some fantastic news. The vaccine mandates have led to a wonderful job promotion for me. My client was one of the first companies to adopt a vaccine mandate, which created a power vacuum that I got to fill. It turns out there are people all the way up and down our ladder who opted out. It's frustrating. I didn't get here on my own merits and that so many of my coworkers, including leaders, opted out with no negative consequences. But at least I got to claim some sense of leadership now. I'm sharing my wealth by becoming a patron and I bought my wife something nice as well. Killer. Nice. A suggestion for an ongoing segment or game. Oh, okay. The August 23rd full authorization of the Pfizer vaccine triggered a beautiful avalanche of mandates. A good segment for some time would be to review the companies, organizations, and government bodies requiring vaccines as a condition of employment. Having seen how my employer is reacting to vaccine mandates, I'm certain people are looking to jump ship to somewhere that embraces science and protects the health of our neighbors. An ongoing list of places pro-vaccine employers could work might be particularly helpful to those looking to leverage the pandemic upsetting the workplace. For PodBet Tax, I have included a photo of our two terriers. God loves the terrier. We love the outdoors, especially hiking. We're looking forward to our family vacation coming up in the Rockies. Awesome. The taller dog on the left is Marin. Your guess for her breed is as good as ours. She's a pandemic rescue dog who loves to chase critters, snuggle under blankets, and roll herself in cat pee from my neighbor's cat. The shorter dog on the right is Sid, who is our little Hermione or the insufferable know-it-all who gets frustrated when his sister isn't as good at tricks as he is. Sid is also fiercely loyal and protective of the pack, a natural trait for the rat terrier. Thank you all for your work. I look forward to the country as a whole, requiring vaccines everywhere. It seems to me to the wave of death from Delta with the unvaccinated only slightly increased the number of vaccinated people. So I'm, I guess, messing with people's money might speak louder, which is sad, but I hope we keep getting more needles into arms. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Look at the tongue. These these outfits that really these dogs are gorgeous. They're more put together than than me. I feel like that's like a Greyhound lab mix or something. Yeah, like a Whippet sort of Yeah, little guy. Look picks. at this other dog looking right at the yeah. camera. Mm, what? Fourth wall. Yeah. Oh, my God. Breaking the fourth wall for everybody. Right. I absolutely love it. 
And that's a really great idea. I would put it to all of our listeners. If you know of a company, whatever you write in a good news story or an idiom or whatever you're sending in, confession, correction, if you know of any companies that are requiring vaccines, stick them on at the end like a pod pet tax. Let us know. I also want to encourage everybody to shop at Patagonia. They've been doing amazing things for a long time, but recently they pulled one of their biggest buyers. They pulled their stuff out of their thing because uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene had a, a rally there and Patagonia said, nah, we're not going to be part of that, even though it was a big, their biggest client in the area. So yeah, just they've been incredible for years. Really, really great company. And winter's coming. I, you know, they're going to need a coat and they have really amazing stuff. So I encourage everybody to go to Patagonia. So yeah, for you know, if you want to uh, tack onto your pod pet tax, just a list of companies that you know that are requiring vaccines, that would be super helpful. And then we can tell everybody. So if you're working for a company that isn't doing it, maybe you have a little leverage. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I like it, too. What a great what a great day today. This has been one of the greater days. My nephew turned 16 today. <gasps> 16. <gasps> I just can't. He's so handsome and uh, kind and lovely. And my Sister and brother-in-law have done just such a great job with those two kids. So I know he doesn't listen, but still wishing my nephew a happy birth. Nephew drivers, no survivors. Everybody be <laughs> careful on the roads. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, happy birthday. 16. God. I know, right? I, think I, remember, whole, I remember the day he was born, my sister, uh, we had, uh, she had a home birth, uh, which is what I was. I was also born at home uh, because my mother was a hippie. And um, so was my sister, not a hippie, also born at home. And um, my sister gave birth to both of the kids, but uh, in a birthing tub. And there's this incredible picture that she actually, uh, when my nephew came out, I'm just not saying his name on air because I don't like to, but my, my brother-in-law missed him and my sister caught him. And there's this stunning photo of my nephew because neither of them were drugged, eyes wide open, black and white in the birthing tub, looking at my sister like he's just in love already. And it's just breathtaking. Yeah. I want to see it. Send it to me. I will if I can get a hold of it. You bet. Yeah, sixteen years old. Ugh, I am and then I got to hold so him eight hours later. That's amazing. <laughs> Have you seen? I feel attacked by the math in this meme that's going around right now. That is just there to remind you that 1980 is as far away from 2021 as 1939 is what from the 1980. Hell? Yeah. Blocked. yeah, blocked. Yeah, yeah. That's some bullshit. I, I don't. It also I, made my head hurt. I don't. I don't agree with that. There. I. I know that's maths, but that can't be right. Oh Just my god! Right. All right. Well, that is our show for today. This was awesome. Thank you, Dana. We will be back tomorrow with more news. Hopefully, it stays good. Until then, everybody, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet, and take care of your mental health. I've been Allison Gill, and I've been Dana Goldberg, and them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com.